to To My Daughter, the podcast where I share my thoughts, experiences, and learnings with my daughter, and I'm bringing you along for the ride. Before I start this episode, I want to take the time to thank everyone who has given me feedback. I truly appreciate that because it's the best way for me to improve this podcast. I am happy that so many of you find my voice soothing. That's actually news to me. I hope you don't fall asleep while listening, but if you do, then that's completely okay too. I've received a lot of positive feedback and that's of course good, but I also suspect that there are people who are afraid of hurting my feelings. So I just want to emphasize that when I ask for feedback, I am really after input on how I can improve. So please don't be afraid to share your honest opinion. I will not get hurt. I will simply take it all in to make sure that I can improve this podcast. Having said that, my sister, who is my confidant, did let me know that the last episode may have been too technical. And while some may have found it interesting, I think many can agree with my sister. So I realize, of course, that I will not be able to satisfy all listeners at all times. What I will do is to ensure that I can manage your expectations better by writing proper episode details. And in addition, also share info about where and when you can skip if you don't want to hear about certain things. I'll also make sure to say it in the episode itself. So that's one change I'm going to make based on feedback. So please keep them coming because I'm here to learn and I'm relying on you guys to help me. Now that we have that out of the way, let's dig into today's episode, which will be about my learnings from living in Singapore. So I moved to Singapore in 2012 and really didn't know much about Singapore other than it being one of the world's cleanest countries. Other than that, I really didn't know what to expect. And it turned out that living in Singapore was going to be a real eye-opening experience for me. Now, in retrospect, I'd say that my stay in Singapore has definitely become a part of my journey towards self-discovery, if you will. I know, it sounds like we're about to go into some deep territory here, but bear with me, I'll explain. A few weeks after I'd settled in, that's when it suddenly hit home that this is the first time that I've lived in a country where everyone looks like me. Mind blown. I mean, I've been on vacation to Vietnam or Thailand where I was surrounded by Asians, but it's definitely different to live somewhere versus being on vacation. When you're on vacation, your expectations of how others will see you is that you are a tourist because you are. But when you live somewhere, you have your daily routines, you go to work, you live there. And I don't really think I thought about this before I moved back home to Norway, because it's one thing to experience living in a country where everyone looks like you. But I realized when coming back home to Norway was that what I had actually never experienced before was to be a part of the majority, at least when it comes to my race. 
To those who don't know me, I am ethnically Vietnamese, but born and raised in Norway. And before moving to Singapore to support the Vietnamese market, I had been to Vietnam once in my life. When I was younger, I never thought about the fact that I was Vietnamese. And the extent to which I did think about it, it was because of my dad. He would always repeat and print it in our heads that we would never be Norwegian. That even though Norwegians would say it to our face, that they perceive us as Norwegians, he said that they would silently not believe so. And I get where he's coming from because on paper, you are Norwegian. You're a Norwegian citizen, you know, on your passport. But the way you look is not stereotypical Norwegian. So whenever traveling abroad, for instance, and people ask me where I was from, my default answer would be, I'm from Norway. But then there's a follow-up question, which I understand because I don't have blue eyes and blonde hair. So that follow-up question is a completely natural one. But the question that to me is a bit more revealing is when they ask me, after they have asked about my ethnicity and I answer, I'm from Vietnam, And then they ask me, where in Vietnam are you from? That question always gets me perplexed because I was born and raised in Norway. So I don't know where in Vietnam I would be from. Do you mean where my parents are from? And I know that there are some people who will be offended on behalf of me saying, you are Norwegian, period. But we can't ignore the fact that I have Asian features. The reason for why being a part of the majority while living in Singapore was so profound to me is because up until my experience in Singapore, I've always thought that my ethnicity was something that did not affect me. It wasn't something that I went around and thought about, and rightly so, because I didn't know better meaning being born and raised in Norway and being a part of the minority, that was my normal. And I didn't realize until coming back home from Singapore how much my behavior is affected by my minority status in society. And there's a lot of things that I do that is very intentional because I don't want people to perceive me a certain way based on how I look. For example, at home, I'll mostly talk Vietnamese with my daughter because I want her to know the language and culture. And if I don't speak Vietnamese with her, it's most likely because I don't know that word in Vietnamese or that I don't know how to phrase that particular sentence. But when I'm out with my daughter, I alternate between Norwegian and Vietnamese because I want people to perceive me as a person who is integrated into the Norwegian society. And this is not something that I started to do out of the blue. I do it because I've experienced getting looks that I perceive to be judgmental. And on one hand, I am really comfortable with myself and my identity, and I don't need to prove anything to anyone. But then there's another part of me, maybe my ego, my insecurity, I don't know, that wants to be accepted by the society. It's a basic wish for my race to be viewed as equal to yours. And you may think 
come on me, you're overthinking it. No one looks at you differently for speaking Vietnamese. But here is an example, and I'll do it in English, not in Norwegian, so that most of you will understand. Let's say I'm out in the playground with my daughter, and I tell my daughter in a very strict way to come here. This is how it would go down in English. Lana, get over here right away. Do you hear me? Now, this is how it would sound like in Vietnamese. Lana, ra đây ngay lập tức, con có nghe I hope that put a smile on your face because I am cringing as I am listening to my own voice saying things in Vietnamese. Can you imagine how this would sound different in the playground in Norwegian versus Vietnamese? And when something is foreign and you don't understand the content, you're just bound to make some assumptions based on the sounds that you hear. So I can imagine people just sort of judging me for being this crazy Asian person. Point being that if I were to be strict with my daughter and yell at her in public, then I would do it in Norwegian. Because I'm imagining that there are bigger consequences for speaking Vietnamese in public rather than speaking in Norwegian where everyone can understand. I have later learned that what I have been doing for most of my life without being aware of it was code switching. And the concept of code switching is defined as when a person who speaks multiple languages alternate between two or more languages. However, for me, code switching hasn't just been restricted to language, but just all around how I express myself. And that includes what I wear, how I talk, and how I carry myself. I mean, I'm still myself. I'm true to who I am. I just change my demeanor to sort of go incognito so that you don't focus on the stuff that doesn't matter, like the color of my skin, my race. Now, you may be thinking that I am overanalyzing the situation and disregard the fact that I can actually be judged for simply speaking Vietnamese. And that's okay. You don't need to agree with everything I say, obviously. But I just hope that you take a couple of minutes to think about it before you dismiss the idea. Sometimes it's hard to see the other person's side of things because we are in a position of privilege. Now, if we can agree that privilege is something that we can be born into or be born with, and that whatever we are born with or into is invisible to us, then of course there will be situations where we are blind to other people's perspective. We don't understand where they're coming from. For instance, I was privileged to be born and raised in Norway. There are certain things I take for granted because it is normal. It's just how things are, like free education, paid maternity leave, stuff that is completely normal in Norway, but definitely not normal in other countries. And if I didn't travel or watch the news and learn about how things are in other countries, this privilege of free education, free healthcare, all of these things that I take for granted, they wouldn't be visible to me. Now, I'm not saying that people here in Norway judge me just because I speak Vietnamese with my daughter or with anyone else in public. I am just bringing this forward as an example of 
things that I do or don't do as a result of my minority status in Norway. When in Rome, do as the Romans do, right? Privilege is a smooth operator. Me being born and raised in Norway, where 80% of the people living here are Caucasian or ethnic Norwegian, I wasn't aware of the privilege that comes with being a part of the majority, not until I moved to Singapore and became a part of the majority myself. My experience in Singapore made me think about all other kinds of privileges, not just the privilege of belonging to a specific race, but even the privileges of being a man versus a woman. Let's do a thought experiment. If you are a man, imagine you suddenly one day woke up as a woman, completely yourself still, personality and everything, but you are a woman. Now walk out the door and experience the world as a woman. Let's say it's a hot day. What do you wear? Do you think about what you're going to wear and what kind of consequences there may be for wearing that particular outfit? Let's say that you went for a loose dress and you definitely chose to skip the bra because after all, you're still a man and a bra is very uncomfortable. You decide to go for a drive and nighttime comes. You need to fill the gas tank. But the only gas station you can see is one that is in a very deserted area. Do you go ahead and just stop at that gas station and fill the tank without any worry at all? I can tell you how I would have felt. I would have stayed alert. I would have made sure that I could have protected myself somehow if I were attacked while filling the tank. I would have my phone ready to call my husband if needed. And I definitely would have felt a little bit scared. If not scared, then at least a little bit worried. If you belong to the privileged group in this situation, meaning that you are a man, then you may not have thought about all of these things that women worry about. Because how would you know? You're not a woman. The privileges you have as a man is invisible to you. Equally as the privileges I have as a woman is invisible to me. Unless, of course, we do something to expand our horizon. Now, most of this episode has been me talking about how I am a part of the minority group, as if my ethnicity defines everything and that I have no privileges at all. That's not the case at all, and that's not what this episode is about. Through my experience in Singapore, I have learned about my own privileges. Being born and raised in Norway is definitely a privilege. So is having access to free health care and higher education. There's a research article by Wildman and Davis that explains that the lives we lead affect what we are able to see and hear in the world around us. And my years in Singapore definitely opened my eyes to the world around me. So to my daughter, this is what I've learned so far. You may be more privileged than other people, but know that 
that doesn't make you better. In fact, the more privileged you feel, the more you should be working on leveling out the playing field for others. I hope you expose yourself to people and ideas that are different than yours. And if you can and have the opportunity, then travel as much as you can.